on this episode of Why Watch That. On top of each other, who likes whom, who doesn't like whom, who's scheming against whom, who knows they're being schemed against, who's the double cross, who's double crossing the double crosser. You made the biggest mistake of the whole season. (laughs) And you're the aggrieved party. This is the world we live in. If you cheat on somebody in a marriage and they want to leave, what are you going to say? You can't criticize them, including your family. These people, I mean, (laughs) can you like, why don't you just walk two blocks and go see if there's somebody you don't know and get in the bed with them? Maybe what half of a block. Go next door. And I'm telling you, when they have him walking, you know, with his bodyguards and all that, it's kind of hilarious. I mean, they are walking like somebody's paying them just to walk. Speed walkers would go, I could learn something from these people. <laughs> Saul Berenson from Homeland is like, wow, y'all like, y'all give me a rough amount of money with just walking. Welcome to Why Watch That, your guide to the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. We're on a quest to go from channel to channel, platform to platform, and festival to festival to help you figure out what you want to watch. We do all the work so you don't have to. So get ready for some unexpectedly candid and entertaining reviews that will help you answer the ultimate question, Why Watch That? I'm Brandy, the producer. This is Chauncey, the critic. And this is why, watch that, guys. You are getting a first look at our video version of this show. We've been doing it first on time. first time. So let's just see how it goes. We have to bring uh, the critic from behind the curtains. I'm going back to my hovel. But before he does that, let's get into this episode. So we are going to uh, do a first look today of Downton Abbey, A New Era, movie brought to us by uh, Peacock. So Critic, who's in this and who should be watching? Yeah, and you know, it was in theaters. Now, like you're saying, it's streaming on Peacock. And you know, it's the same people from the TV show and the previous movie. This time it's directed by Simon Curtis written by the creator Julian Fellows, starring a whole bunch of people you know. Hugh Bonneville, Jim Carter, Michelle Dockery, Elizabeth McGovern, Maggie Smith, Dane, 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 Maggie Smith, Mm -hmm. Imelda Staunton sneaked in here lately, Penelope Wilton, and a whole bunch of other people. But you know what? I'm going to shout out one person who deserves to be shouted out. And you'll see why when I get to my review, but that's Kevin Doyle as Molesley. All right, I'll come back to him in a moment. Now, it's 1928. We're getting close to the end of that century. Uh Uh-oh. We know what's about to happen. They don't. They don't get to that in this movie. And you know you have the whole upstairs, downstairs thing that we always have in Downton Abbey that Julian Fellows has mastered that form. So this time, it's all about really two major moving parts. One of them is 
the Dowager Countess, Dame Maggie Smith's character, has received an inheritance from the Marquis, who has a wife who's still living and a grown son, the new Marquis. She has received a villa on the French Riviera. Why? So they got to go find out. Who's the they that goes? You can watch the movie and figure that out. Because they want to make sure that this will, you know, there's no contesting of the will. Because why is she getting it and not the family members? Hmm. What's at this villa? And when this contingent of Doughton personages goes to the French Riviera, the Marquis's wife and the new Marquis, the son, how do they receive them? What's going on? The other major storyline is a Hollywood film crew comes to Downton to shoot a silent movie. But you know talkies are out. They're just starting to come out. So how are they going to handle that? Why would the wonderful people of Downton, as haughty and hoity-toity as they are, why would they need to have a film crew at Downton? They are getting paid. Why do they need the money? Now, when you hear the reason, like when I'm saying this, producer, you think, oh, it's going to be something major. It's not. Because the thing is, in the show, what anchored it was the interpersonal conflicts. That's really what drove it. We had this huge cast sprawling and on top of each other. Who likes whom? Who doesn't like whom? Who's scheming against whom? Who knows they're being schemed against? Who's the double cross? Who's double crossing the double crosser? That's really the show. And then on top of that, you have outside threats and opportunities. But in the movies, that's not quite what Mr. Fellows wants to do. But that's why I loved Downton Abbey, the show. And I think that's really what made it such a hit outside of everything else. It's that whole, ooh, are they going to get away with that? How are they going to relate? Now, I don't really know what the obstacles are interpersonally anymore. It's all from the outside. And some of those explanations are, hmm, but. What I do want to say is the cast is still here. If you like the show, you watch the first movie, you're going to watch this one. If you didn't watch the show, um, well, if you like period pieces, obviously you watch the show or do you really like period pieces? Now, if you don't, the question is, should you give this a try? I would say if you like what I said about those interpersonal conflicts, if you just want to see a whole bunch of them, like a web of them, that's done beautifully, watch the show. You got to start there. Then you can come to the movies as needed. The movies are just something for people to reminisce. It's like, producer, if you had a best friend from years ago, you haven't seen them in a while, you kind of grown apart, you see them, you have a good time, but the magic's gone. You kind of just think about what you had and that's fun. And then you can go your own merry way. That's kind of what's going on here. You can curl up. You can have your glass of wine. You can, you know, stream it on Peacock. Why not? It's perfect that way. But I do want to say one major standout, as I said, was uh, Mr. Doyle playing Mosley. Mm -hmm. He practically steals the movie when he's on screen. He's buttoned into the movie itself that they're filming in the movie. Like, it's hilarious. They gave him great stuff. Fellows gave him great stuff to do. He nailed it. I think he stole the movie. Of course, we always have Dame Maggie Smith. She, well, her character is looking at these movie folk at Downton. And what do you think she thinks? 
So it's always that whole bit where somebody in a movie is making fun of movies, but it's Maggie Smith doing it. So that was fun to see as well. And here's the thing. Just have your expectations where they belong. Maybe get some friends together. You'll probably enjoy it. You won't have any problems, but no, of all the things, as I said, there's also something else I didn't give away. And there will be some sorrow for Downton fans in this movie. Remember the title, the subtitle is A New Era. So what I would say overall is I was fine with it. I enjoyed some of it. Really, I think they could have just made the whole movie about them making that movie at Downton. And that could have been stronger. But so what? None of it's bad. You'll get to watch anytime. If you haven't started again, start. All right. Got it. Cool. So, so producer, are you going to start? Don't think you're going to get away with that. You haven't started. Uh-huh. I haven't started. And I, you know, this is not my type of show. It requires <laughs> way too much concentration. Oh and all the characters in the town. I, I just so no. I mean, you get I'm even people producer do this, and I would say this even to people who've watched the show and in, in the movies, but they haven't seen it from the beginning in a while. Go back and just start the five first five minutes. Just watch that. And you'll see what I'm talking about, the difference between that and the movie. There's a like there's a Mm. Mm -hmm. like you're like something's up now Mm -hmm. I mean people aren't about to fight Mm -hmm. but there is an excitement to it just from the opening moments Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. got it cool alright guys so if you know movies aren't your thing we have some TV for you so TV series premiere of uh, The Bear which is brought to us by Hulu and um, I've actually watched some of this already what Mm mm-hmm you mean to tell me that, wait a minute, did you watch this passively? Because, see, everybody, Brandy likes to produce and do a whole bunch of other things while she's watching things. So this is what the producer's talking about with Downton. Okay, I have to sit down and pay attention. You Wait a minute, you are you saying you didn't sit down and pay attention to the bear when you were watching it? No, I actually paid attention to it. I was watching it while yeah. I was having some dinner. Oh, well, how appropriate. And of course, anything with food for you, you're going to be watching it. So that makes sense. Now, speaking of... And Lip was in it, too. That's right. That's right. Now, by Lip, you're talking about Shameless. Uh, The star of this show is Jeremy Allen White. He played Lip in uh, Shameless. He's playing Carmi in this show. He's the lead. And what does all of this mean? So let's talk through this. This was created by Christopher Storer. And along with Jeremy, it stars Eben Moss Bacharach, who was in Girls. It also stars Ayo Edabiri, Lionel Boyce, Liza Colon Zayas, and Abby Elliott, among others. Here's the thing. Why is it called The Bear? That was my question from the beginning. When you watch the show, you'll kind of know, but not really. <laughs> you'll go, okay, what is happening? From the beginning, you're going to go, huh? Now, what is the story? Well, Jeremy plays again Carmi. Carmi is an award-winning, world-renowned, up-and-coming chef. I mean, he was the chef of the best restaurant in the world. He's been in Napa. 
He's been in New York City, but he has to go back home to Chicago to run his family sandwich shop. Why? Well, his older brother has died. Why has that happened? How has it happened? What's going on? Now, when he gets there, he's, you know, he doesn't really know how to run this shop. He's a fine dining chef. So what is he going to learn about that? His brother never wanted him to be at this sandwich shop working. Forbade him. So why is he here now? And he has this undertrained staff that he has to contend with. One of them, you know, she don't want to hear nothing from nobody. Rough and tumble. Now, the first time he calls her chef, she's like, what? He calls everybody chef. It's a sign of respect. So everybody in the kitchen's calling everybody else chef. Yes, chef. Chef this, chef that. Chef, can you give me that chef? Chef and chef again. Now, along with her, there are plenty of others, one of whom is someone he calls cousin. Are they cousins? And that's Evan's character. He's been there with the brother, who's no plus, the whole time. Why isn't he running the sandwich shop? Who wants to know the answer? And what is the reason if there is one? So he's there. This this contentious back and forth between the two of them. It's, it's hmm. Now, there is also a new chef who's come in to help out Carmi. She's going to be the sous chef, presumably. That's what she wants to be. And she was trained at the Culinary Institute of America. She's been working in fine dining establishments. Why is she here? Why does she want to work for free in the hopes of getting a job? Hmm. And there are other people. You, you know, you got the dishwashers. You got the, you know, someone who becomes the pastry chef and so on and so forth. You have someone who wants to be a part of the team, but they keep making fun of the man. So we're in a kitchen. And we see what Carmi is trying to do. He's trying to put his stamp on his family's legacy, on his brother's legacy. Is he going to be able to turn this sandwich shop into something that is more of what it was from his perspective? Is that possible? And what are going to be the obstacles in his way, in their way? I will tell you this. If we, producer, are about to have this huge lunch rush, let's say. Lunch rush, we're ready to cook. If you make a mistake that causes all you know what to break out, what you better not do is like act like you're quitting or something, like you've been aggrieved. If you get starting, if somebody starts yelling at you because you completely ruined everything, I don't want to hear from you. Now, when you watch the show, you'll know what I'm talking about. I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> you made the biggest mistake of the whole season. <laughs> and you're the aggrieved party. This is the world we live in. Now, back to this world. Here's what you have to consider if you want to watch The Bear. From the beginning, they throw you in the deep end. I mean, there's camera work. There's intensity. There is music. There is yelling and pots and pans and all kinds of stuff. First two episodes, it's like if you're watching something from Darren Aronofsky or from the Safdie brothers who did Uncut Gems. Intense. Kitchen intensity. Then, episode three, you start going, wait a minute. They kind of slow it down. They kind of mellow out. 
And I was thinking, producer, it's almost like something inspired by HBO's High Maintenance. Like one of its episodes could have spawned this idea. Not that stylistically it's similar. You still get all of these extreme close-ups and everything else. They just kind of slowed it down. And I was thinking, which one did I like better? The frenetic one or the more mellow one? Because that frenetic pace kind of covers some of the flaws in the execution. You just zip right by it. Who cares? When they slowed down, though, the storytelling pace kind of slowed down, too. And I wish they still had that kind of intensity, but in a more mellow presentation. So I wasn't, I, I didn't know. I did like it overall, though. I will be continuing to watch it if they have a second season, because at the end of this season, something is revealed. I won't tell you what it is. It's like this, producer. I was thinking if it, if it were a human, it starts like it's a rebellious teenager, and then it grows up to be a middle-aged adult with problems. That's this show, if it were in the flesh. Also, it's a half an hour on average per episode, which is very helpful because it actually makes you want to keep going. What's the next one? So I would say overall, good job. I think most of the cast did a, a wonderful job uh, anchored by Jeremy. If you like food, if you like anything that I just said, it's on Hulu and all eight episodes are available to binge. What, what about you, producer? What did you think about what you saw? That's cool. So I got through the first two episodes, so I'm really interested now about, yeah, the, the, the slow down and how that's going to end up, like, kind of playing out. Because I really enjoyed the the kind of frantic craziness that they kind of captured as far as, like, how it feels to be in the kitchen. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, yeah. So I'm interested to see, like, where that goes. I'm assuming there's still going to be more food stuff because it is about food. <laughs> um, but if it slows down, like, how does that kind of look? So, yeah. Yeah. And you'll see other people come in who have interests in this. I do think sometimes they may get a little too far away from the food in the kitchen mm -hmm. at times. They'll always be there. But these are minor gripes. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is interesting television. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, listen, I sat down and watched it. Yeah. Well, that says a lot. That's because you saw some food. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to our next show, TV season premiere. We have uh, The Split, season three, um, but brought to us by the B by BBC America. Um, you can actually stream it, though, on AMC Plus and Sundance Now. Yeah. Yeah, Who's so... Um, that? Who, I have Somebody no... Somebody let idea. me know if you're paying for BBC... What, what did you... AMC Plus AMC and Plus Sundance and, uh, Now. Sundance Now. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's wrapped into somebody's package. Just... It must be Walking Dead fans. Oh. Or maybe you like Better Call Saul or something. Mm. You know I ain't paying for it. Now, look. The Split. So this is the third season, the final season. It was created by Abby Morgan. It stars Nicola Walker. Now, Nicola, by the way, is in a lot of British television. Um, I always enjoy her. She was in Last Tango in Halifax and other shows. So here she is, and she's joined in the cast by Stephen Mangan. We also have Fiona Button, Annabelle uh, Sholey, Barry Otsma, and others. I love these British names, I really do. I just love them, I love them. Now, what this show is about is, there's a matriarch and her three grown daughters. The family business is divorce law. That's what they do except for the youngest daughter. She's the only one who's not a lawyer in divorce law. 
So after the last season, what happened is their family firm, which was mom and the middle daughter, they merged with their old, the oldest daughter, the oldest sister, her larger firm merged. So they're all under the same roof, getting people divorced. Now, there's also the question about their own lives. So oldest daughter, she was happily married, was, and they have kids. She cheated on the man last season with a, you know, a good friend of hers. This friend was like, come with me. She was like, no. But now her husband is like, no. You cheated on me. How does he respond, though, in action? A divorce is going down. Who's going to sign them papers? Mm -hmm. Now, I will say this as well, now that I'm talking about this. Um, if you cheat on somebody in a marriage and they want to leave, what are you going to say? You can't criticize them, including your family. Now, the middle sister. We know last season that she got pregnant. She had the baby. She's not married like her other two sisters. She's fooling around now. Mm -hmm. With whom? These people, I mean. <laughs> can you like. Why don't you just walk two blocks and go see if there's somebody you don't know and get in the bed with them? <laughs> like, maybe what? Half of a block. Go next door. That is really a mess. Like, when that comes out, it's going to be a big mess. Now, if you haven't seen this show, you don't know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen it in a while, you will be quickly reminded of what's going on there. Now, the youngest uh, daughter and, and sister, she's married, but she and her husband, they can't have kids. So are they going to adopt? How does she feel about that? Her, you know, older sister, not the oldest, who just had the baby. It's like, hey, be the, grand, the, the godparents. Who's excited about that? Who's not? And where is their marriage going to go? They're seemingly happy. I won't tell you. But something happens at the end of episode one of season three. So far, that's all that has been released for us to watch. And then mom, you know, no longer with their dad. We saw what happened with that earlier on in the show's run. But mom now, you know, she's kind of in a different phase of her career. And what she's done is started a podcast. And she's interviewing married people, divorced people, to see what their perspective is. She interviews one particular client, or is it? Not really. Maybe it's an adversary of a client of this firm, her own firm. Why? Who is this woman? She's played by Lindsay Duncan. Now, if you don't know Lindsay Duncan, she ain't playing when she shows up on the screen. So, okay, not playing. Like, go back and watch Rome. She was uh, <laughs> she was the one going, Atia of the Julii, I call for justice. That's Lindsay Duncan. So, you know something's up with her. And she was in Birdman. She was the critic in Birdman. Lindsay Duncan. Now, another thing. And then I'll get to my review. The oldest sister gets a client who's a friend. And who is married to someone who's connected to her boss. 
Why does she want a divorce? Because she doesn't say one negative thing about her husband. She says all, only positive things. What's wrong with her? So we'll see where all of this is going. And of course, the lead character played by Nicola, the oldest. What is she going to do now? She's coming to a crossroads in her life. Is she going to try to hold on to her husband? Does he want to be held? Or is she going to have thoughts about the man that she let get away? Mm -hmm. Mary. Now, this show is a soap. As, I mean, you can just hear it. But the execution, it's very measured. It's very, you know, mature the way they do it. So this is something you can watch and not feel like someone has thrown, you know, I don't know, a vat of oil on you. It's that kind of thing. I like the ease of it. It's inviting. But I think in the first episode of season three, it might have been a little too easy. Because they, they do a big switch at the end of the episode. I don't know if it quite landed because of that. But if you want a responsible, soapy drama... This is it. And I'm not talking something like, uh, what's that medical drama people love that I used to watch from Shonda Rhimes? Grey's Anatomy. Anatomy. No, no, no. This is more mature than that. Okay. So just think about it that way. And then we go with the split. We'll see how it keeps going in season three, producer. Have Do you have any interest in this? I know your answer, but go ahead and tell the people. No. <laughs> the acting is good like there's some good acting I know? mean it seems, it seems interesting but it's not something I would run to um, if it was on and someone was watching it what can I run to yes <laughs> that's, that's, that's not SWV that's they remade it yes they remade it okay but that's originally Escape right they remade it oh they remade it okay alright alright all right, guys. Mm -hmm. no, no, this isn't a music podcast. What did they? Or am I thinking about the other one? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But like, again, <laughs> this isn't a music podcast, so we don't have to know the answer to that question. <laughs> now, back to TV. Uh, we got TV. No, I'm right. It is a remake because it, it's, um, it's the Jones Girls. Okay. Now we are doing music. Did the original. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. The Joan. I don't even know who the yeah. Joan is. As I stand here contemplating that whole thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, right. so Escape. Remade that. Remade the original. Look at the bonus stuff we're getting here. Okay, look at that. Yeah, I prefer the Jones Girls version, actually. Okay, now I'm going to look that up after we're, after we're done here. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. They also did Nights Over Egypt. You know that song? Nights Over Egypt. Nights Over Egypt. <laughs> Girls. So, <laughs> no, if you heard it, you go, oh, that. Mm -hmm. that <laughs> yeah, we taking people way back to like the 80s. They like, wait a minute. <laughs> Shut these that? old heads up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so <laughs> back to our regularly scheduled program. Uh, TV Sneak Peek is up next, and this is the terminal list. Uh, it actually, um, the series premiere takes place on Friday, July 1st. And it is brought to us by Prime Video. Our critic, who made it, who's in it, who should be watching it? Big stuff here. This is based on the book by of the same name by Jack Carr. It's mm -hmm. written by David DiGilio. It is directed in part by Antoine Fuqua, who also is executive producing. So you go, okay, wait a minute. Antoine Fuqua. 
who is also like working with Taylor Sheridan now in TV. I like what Antoine is doing in the television realm. And it stars Chris Pratt. But there aren't any dinosaurs or intergalactic, you know, fights or anything like that. Here he is. Along with Taylor Kitsch, who got his start in Friday Night Lights, the TV show. Yes, Riggs himself. Constance Wu, who was in Crazy Rich Asians. Yes, that's Constance. Jean Triplehorn, who I always think of the firm. She was Tom Cruise's wife in the firm. But she's doing, she was in the Gilded Age from Julian Fellows. Playing the woman on the outside of society with all that money. Hmm. And we have Riley Keough and so on and so forth. It was interesting to see Riley here just playing a normal human. It was so nice. She's not running drugs. She's not, you know, selling her body. It was so nice to see that. Mm-hmm. I'm not judging Riley because Riley can, she don't play. But she'd be playing some characters where you're like, oh, I mean, goodness. <laughs> My goodness, let, let me prove it to all of you. Let me read to you some of what Riley has done. And, and Riley, by the way, is in that Elvis movie, too, right now. So, you know, she's getting it together. Now, with that said, the girlfriend experience is where Riley started. Okay. Now, also, in, I'm sorry, she's not in the Elvis movie. I should say she is, interestingly enough, the daughter of Lisa Marie Presley. Now, back to the regularly scheduled programming. The girlfriend experience. That's where she started on television, okay? I'm not I'm not joking. I didn't make this stuff up. And if you go into the movies, like some of this stuff, where's the one that I want really? Zola. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't seen this stuff, I mean, you can check it out. Now, she has a wonderfully well-rounded uh, filmography here, but she ain't playing. She don't care. She's doing her thing. There's another movie, American Honey. And if you see that, you'll know what I mean about Riley. Okay, so that's enough of that. See, we like tangents here on Why Watch That Now. This show, because everybody's like, could you just get to the terminal list? So this show, Chris Pratt plays a Navy SEAL. Like a team-leading Navy SEAL. You don't mess around with people like this. And his team is on a mission in Syria. It goes wrong. Is it an intelligence failure? Or is something else going on? Is it just, you know, something bad happened? Who knows? And only two survivors come out of this. He's one of them and someone else. Twelve SEALs died. How could this happen? These are SEALs. Now, that's what Reese wants to know. He wants to find that out. But he can't trust his memory, and neither can we. What's happening to him? We see that he has, you know, intrusive memories, He'll say that this happened and someone else is like, no, that didn't happen. Like you told us something else the other day and here's some evidence. What's going on? Now, 
because of that, the question is, is he actually responsible? Is someone else? Now, the truth is going to be very, 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 very complicated beyond what anybody could imagine. For this to go down, I mean, you have to have almost unfathomable capabilities. Now, he does have a family. His wife played by Riley. He has a young daughter. He also has a brother in arms played by Taylor. How do they play a role here? And this brother in arms played by Taylor, how do they come to know each other? What is he doing now? How can he help his good buddy, Reese? Because that is Chris Pratt's character's name, James Reese. Okay. Now, in addition, of course, when you have producer, you know, this kind of uh, thriller uh, cover-up you got to have the intrepid reporter who's just in everybody's way, in everybody's face, wants to get to the answers like they matter. And this character is played by Constance. She wants to get to the bottom of this. Okay, doesn't matter who's in her way, will she? In addition, there is, well, we have the NCIS. I mean, if some things go down and it needs to be investigated, you got to have that. And it's the Navy, so NCIS. And this is a character played by Warren Cole. He and Reese, how do they see each other? Is the question. Will you see it coming? Whatever it is. And then there's Jean Triplehorn's character. She plays the Secretary of Defense, just that person. Now she wants to revitalize the armed forces. Why, how can she be trusted? Is she playing a game? Doesn't seem like it. Because underneath all of this is experiments and corporations. And it leads us to a particular character. All roads lead to Jai Courtney's character. Now, I didn't mention him when I mentioned the cast list. I'm not giving everything away. He's a billionaire. He wants to invest in a company. Why? And how does it connect to all of this? And I'm telling you, when they have him walking, you know, with his bodyguards and all that, it's kind of hilarious. I mean, they are walking like somebody's paying them just to walk. Speed walkers would go, I could learn something from these people. <laughs> Saul Barrettson from Homeland is like, wow, y'all like, y'all give me a run for my money with just walking. So that's the setup. Now, this is about revenge. Who's? And for what? And is it justified? <laughs> I'm going to tell you now, this is brutal stuff, some of it. Brutal. Mm. Now, with that said, the question is, in this kind of brutality, this kind of military thriller, cover-up, revenge kind of show, is Chris Pratt the guy you want to anchor it? Mm. Now, I'll say, okay, Chris Pratt, we think of him as comedic acting, really. Even in Jurassic Park. Those movies are comedies now, because who can take them seriously? What I would say is here, uh, Chris, he doesn't do a bad job. He certainly looks the part. I just, in the opening three episodes, producer, they were trying to get the story together. They weren't, in my opinion, telling enough for us to connect. They were leaving the mystery too mysterious. I think they should have gotten to more of the story earlier, and then we would have connected a little more, or I would have. 
And one way to get away with that is if you have someone who can hold your attention. But I don't think Chris is that guy. He's serviceable. So in those moments when the show was kind of meandering, not really coalescing, he didn't lift it up the way another actor could. It's it's like this, when you're when you're doing this kind of role, at all times you gotta have like a fire in your belly. As an actor, you have to feel it. It's like you're a coiled spring ready to bounce. Always like this, like, all, like even in your body, your body has to be ready. Like you have to be ready to throw a punch. I just didn't feel that early on. First three episodes, I was like, it's like not connecting. But there was a reason I kept watching. Sometimes you can sense it's not that good that they might get it together. So I was like, let me keep watching. Plus, this is my kind of genre. Fine, let's just keep it going. Episode four, they started to layer tension. They started to ratchet it up and it kept building and building and building. And I was like, this is the show. This is the show. Here we go. So if you get that far to episode four, everything I just said, you might go, who cares? You might. Now, in addition to Chris, the other actors, like these people, none of them, they don't do a bad job. Nobody. Some of them do better than others. Um, there is J.D. Pardo's character. I didn't mention him. You'll see who he is. I don't give everything away. But by the way, we don't spoil at Why Watch That if you're a first time a uh, visitor with us. So uh, he came and he kind of grounded it. I didn't mind what he was doing. I especially like what Jai was doing, walking all. That was fun. There's also Paul McCrane. He plays a character who's connected to Jai's billionaire character. Oh. Now, if you're going, why is he even, who is, who is Paul McCrane? Now, some of you might know him from ER. He was a doctor people hated in that show. But I always know him, producer from Fame, the original movie. Don't, not that remake. And not the TV show. The movie. Now, producer, he is the one who sang Dogs in the Yard. You know that song? Oh, yeah, of course. I know that song. Mm -hmm. I want to be bad and not even care. Not even do, care. Do, do. Some mm -hmm. of these people are like, what has happened? It's playing poker. I think I'll play poker. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, look, all you youngins, if you haven't seen the original face. You have to see the original face. You have to. You gotta watch it. You gotta watch that. <laughs> you get Shady Sadie. Yes. You get them, you know, dancing in New York City streets with cars oh, like they're not gonna get hit. That's the best. You, know, <laughs> you, you gotta see it. Irene Cara at her finest. Yes. Y'all don't even know who Irene Cara is anyway. You wonderful, you know, younger millennials and Gen Zers. And, do they have a name for the new, for the youngest generation yet? Not yet. Okay. Not officially. They'll come up with something. Mm -hmm. So anyway, let, let's come back to this. So, like, you know, the cast is fine. They all do their jobs. The thing we want is tension, tension, tension. Now, the fights, the shootouts, the chases, surviving the elements... That's the show. That is also when Chris Pratt anchors things. The mm -hmm. show and him are intermingled. They're interlocked. Mm -hmm. So he finds his footing in episode four. I will say the final episode was kind of a letdown. Mm -hmm. Now, the way it ends is inevitable. You'll When it happens, you'll go, of course, of course. I didn't mind the end. Mm -hmm. I just think they kind of, they kind of backed up a bit in the final episode. You still get the action, but... 
I was like, no, let's keep it going. Let's ratchet it up. Mm. But overall, if you like this kind of genre, if you like, let's say, TV's shooter, not the movie, if you like, um, what else on TV? Oh, yeah, Jack Ryan, mm. not the movie. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing, you might like it. Jack Ryan is better. Shooter is probably more consistent if you watch that with Ryan Phillippe. But this is closer to that mark. Um, just have some patience with it if this is your kind of thing. I think overall it'll pay off. But remember, it is brutal. I'm telling you it is brutal. And that was some of the issues too. Because if you don't land it, it's kind of like all this brutality and I don't feel it. Mm. But like, people die. For real. Mm. Okay. All right, cool. My performance is done. Thank you. All right. You can it. send your checks to why watch that. <laughs> well, I'll have to say, critic, uh, our first take at on cam why watch that was nowhere near as brutal as the terminal list sounds like it was. Yeah. Um, Look, it's the title, the terminal yeah, list. Yeah. It's not like a, a airport terminal. Right, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I got so listen. Until next time, um, watch something, because there's a lot to watch. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. For up-to-date info and to share what's on your watch list, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Why Watch That, and on Twitter at WWT Radio. Also, you can visit us at whywatchthat.com. And while you're at it, don't forget to go ahead and rate Why Watch That Radio on iTunes. Let's keep the conversation going.